Welcome to this week's episode of The Giant Pod with me, Andy Rintmore. This week's guest is Tom McGowan. He is a master goldsmith to the stars, to Hollywood royalty, to actual royalty, and he will even make you a bespoke custom cock ring if you ask him to. We really get into what it's like to work as a physical artist in bustling Soho with precious metals. We talk about the party scene. We talk about the hedonism. and We talk about how you get there and what life is like after that. Here it is. <laughs> hey, Tom. Hi, Andy. How's it been? Oh, yeah, with these difficult times, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're all getting on with it, aren't we? Getting on with it, that is the You key. know, it, it is a tough time. It is. Especially you youngsters, you know. But um, you're the way forward with ideas. We're the future. Well, you are. I, I don't feel like the future. Well, you, you, I feel like the future well, is well, you now are, below this is me. It. You know, this is where the government should be investing money into you guys with ideas, enthusiastic, not us old gits sort of, <laughs> you know, being through the circuit. Right. So it, it, it's, it's, it's utterly, yeah, it's mad. It's a mad time, isn't it, it to it's be alive? It's mad, but it, it, it's like most of the youngsters in Froome are adapting. In, like my daughter's adapting, going to university. Jake's doing his cl- uh, classic car restoration. Yeah. And he's now he's 24 and he's, he's busy as. What kind of cars is he doing? He's doing, he's it, sort of, he, when he did his apprenticeship, it was Porsches, 911s, sort of 80s. And then did the apprenticeship on the trading estate with Jason Moore. And then set up his own McEwen Customs classic cars, restoring minis at the moment. Right. And so you do that, he does that up at your house, right? No, he did He did in the garage, and then right. he said, Dad, look, I've taken my show car, yeah. the uh, um, Golf um, Mark II that he did up, that was in Froome for 20 years, yeah. he got hold of it, and it's absolutely immaculate. So he then, where he did his apprenticeship, um, took over the unit, because right. it had all the gear and stuff, and he knew it, so it, it made sense. He said, Dad, look, you've got a double garage. I'll, I'll build you a studio, which he ah, kindly did. Right. And so we, we've, we've had a studio in, for, in town, Whittock's Lane, for 22 years. Basically a garage that came with our house. But time to move on. And uh, it, it, we all see it one day. It just works yeah. wonderfully. I was in the old... Uh, I've been to the old yeah, workshop. Yeah, it was great. It had real Character. character. Yeah. But this, if you, when you see the next one, Andy, you'll see how it's, it's been modernised and streamlined. Streamlined is the word. Was it, was it hard to find everything to begin with? Because I think your old place, it did, it seemed not cluttered, but it was it, definitely what, worked in, it, wasn't it? it? It was definitely worked in. Yeah. Um, over the years, 35 years, you, you collect so many tools and stuff. Yeah. And then when, 
we decided to move studios, the tools that I used to use are no longer needed. So Jake's got quite a few tools, so if I need them, I can go and see him. But nowadays, everything online, all the traditional skills are slowly going out the window. But I've tried to maintain that. Right. So I've got a couple of, I'm not going to call them students, but a couple of people that work for me, younger guys like you. And I'm teaching them the the skills that I was taught at college, so traditional skills. And uh, it it fuels me with uh, excitement because I'm not, taking, uh, I'm not cutting corners. Whereas right. now you can cut corners. I, there's a pamphlet book called Cookson's. In, in the day when I started, it was literally two sheets of basically your bullion was in silver, gold, whatever, in sheet form and wire form. And you had milling machines to mill that to your, whatever you needed to produce your, 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 your jewellery. Now you can buy all gauges of metal. So you, you could set up tomorrow, Andy. Ah. But it takes, you know, it takes an eye. There's an eye and an art. Uh, and, and, and so the two lovely girls, I've got Jess and um, India, they, I, I didn't want any emails. I just wanted someone to knock on the door and they said, would, would you like to come work? And I said, yes, you can. I think I know India. India me. Yes. And then um, Jess, I, Jess I, Oldman. I don't know India really well. No. We've got mutual got, friends, but she's, I've seen her about for years. She's, she's, she's got that enthusiasm, and yeah. so has Jess. So if I said, said a project and I go out to the um, fridge to get a cool beer, they will crack on with something else. They just, they've got that natural ability and right. talent. So that's what I, that, 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 that inspires me. And uh, that, yeah. So if someone says, said to you, what do you do? How, how would you describe that? Do you say I'm a master goldsmith or is that far too an open title? I, I, think, I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, if someone has, you know, asked me on that master goldsmith because it's on my, in, on the um, Instagram account. Yeah. It's a bit of tongue in cheek. Oh, but I, I, I did a degree at Royal College of Art and it was a master's degree, so I, I naturally just took that forward. I feel like you're, you're sort of carving out your own well, it, thing there then, aren't well, you? It, it, it sounds it, impressive. It, well, why not, you know, use, <laughs> use your titles the, or yeah. whatever it may be? Yeah. So how did you get started? I, I mean, I, you, you played rugby before you were... I played rugby at, at school and then um, sort of with London Scottish under-21s, which was great fun, but um, suffered several injuries from, from those days that are now coming into... Coming into play? Well, like so, knees and backs or...? Uh, two hip replacements. No. And a full shoulder. Really? Yeah. So, Andy, as tall as you are... Yeah. Don't play rugby, mate. No. Just I keep, watch it. I keep getting people trying yeah. to, to bring me into to rugby. I bet. I, some guys once said, right, second row? No, right, second it, row? It, it, I didn't know what they meant. No. It, it, I didn't so know many, what they meant. There's so many aspects of, of the game now that yeah. 
In my day, it was Friday night in the boozer, Sunday morning, cold, wet, raining with heavy cotton shorts. Right. And on you go. <laughs> on you go. On you go. And then Monday was full of regret, was it? Or Possibly. And then <laughs> you start again. But um, good old-fashioned days. Good old-fashioned yeah, old days. Rough yeah. and ready. Yeah. Get stuck in. So you were good. You say you were pretty handy. What I, position were you? Not I was fullback or wing. I think that was any reason I was at school. <laughs> Was because they did rugby. Yeah. The, the, okay. I was absolutely. Um, yeah. So you weren't an academic. Certainly not, Andy. No. No. I'm not massively academic. But I had a great art teacher. But at the school I was at, art was just a secondary skill. It wasn't. It wasn't part of the curriculum. It was. It was all academic, like it is now. You know, we've got apprenticeships now, which is great. But there should be more. Yes, it's all about academia isn't it sort of raising the level and here we go again and average yeah yes so no i was never academic public or private school grammar school grammar school now i have and that's somewhere in the middle i don't know i don't know again it, I sh- yeah state school basically right. maybe a higher level but and what position did you play when you were... Like I said, you, fullback or, or What away. is that? What is your response? I don't really know anything about rugby. Well, it, That's it, how it, much it, I stayed it's, away. It's the glory um, uh, part of the game. It's right. the uh, glory position of the game. So you either score a fantastic try and all the girls on the touchline, you know, rave and crave <laughs> your name. and right. then, Or as fullback, you were the last line of defence and... If you missed that tackle, yeah, boo! <laughs> <laughs> a perilous uh, game. Okay, so why did you go for? I mean, obviously you had some injuries, as you said, and you've decided to, you know, beat myself up here. What? How? Why? Because because you're a big hulking guy, right? And you've gone into something that's very delicate well, and very artistic this is and mindful. Where, this is where I'm, when I did my foundation course. We did all the um, disciplines of of art, fine art, graphics, uh, woodwork, and then sculpture. And the sculpture tutor, I remember his name, Peter Quinn. He said, Tom, what do you think you might do when you leave this foundation? And I said, well, I'm really interested in the stained glass window department with all the colours and stuff. So... If I can't pursue that, maybe I'll be a jewellery designer. Right. And he said, with hands like that. <laughs> you do you have are, very big hands. Yeah, you are, you're, you're joking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you've done, you've done pretty well for yourself, haven't you? Well, it, it's, it's, it's been a great journey. It's right. Been, I hate that sort of phrase. That's, that's, it's, been, it's been great fun. Right. Superb. You know, ups and downs, obviously. Tell me about some of the. Tell me about the up. So you have you have put jewellery on some very famous. I have. Um, so that, again, that that's through being where I was at the time in Soho, right? And the Groucho Club. So you you. you so let's rewind slightly. How yes. do we get to Soho? Well, and uh, the Groucho okay, Club. Okay. Well, so we, we start at A levels, where my mother had this incredible, fantastic notion that I would go to. 
Cambridge University as her father did. Right. And her, my grandfather uh, studied Rudolf Steiner <laughs> at Cambridge University. And I said, Mother, there's no chance of me going down that line, but, you know, you want me to go do an art course there. And worked out what I needed for A-level, and it was two A's and a B. And I was doing biology, geography, and art. Anyway, biology, um, I didn't know any of the questions, but in the eaves of the examination room, there was a bird making a nest. So I drew this bird making the nest. And during geography, I did some snow peak mountains with the sheep grazing. And art, I did my art. I got two U's and an A. <laughs> Much to my absolute horror. Right. And then playing rugby and then sort of six weeks, seven weeks into most terms in, in foundation. They'd all been, all the applicants had been taken up. But I went back to my old art teacher at uh, the school I was at. He was fantastic. And he said, why do you apply to this college, Rygate College of Art, which was in West Surrey? So I went along six weeks, seven weeks into their term, knocked on the head's door and said, um, can I come in, please? And I think he was stoned at the time. He said, yes. <laughs> and I, like I said, that's where I learned all the skills. We had fantastic tutors and then got into the stained glass window design. They weren't carrying on with that course because they couldn't get the funding. So colour, I thought, well, I'll apply to a jewellery course. And the best ones at the time were at St John Cass, East London, and Central St Martins. So I applied to both, got into both, but went for sent to Central. And uh, in those days, not like now, you, you, you were in the workshop four days a week. You had tutors from, out, from outside the college helping you, giving you advice. You learned all the skill, all the traditional skills for three years. What are the traditional skills? Things like uh, repousse, enamelling. What's um, repousse? Repousse is it's like you put a piece of metal in a, in a pitch. Right. And then with tapping tools, you tap a shape. Oh, I mean, it's, pre it's pretty long-winded. Right. And then press tools, which you, you made on milling machines to press out shapes for your various designs, or the project set would would incorporate using a, 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 one of these techniques. So, yeah, I le learned a lot from Central, and I still have our great friend Chris Howes, who was a technician. So he taught me most of what I know that was going to be something I was going to ask you about, is if you had any sort of defining mentors. Yeah, well, again, like I said, the outdoor tutors, we, we had several great outside tutors, people like Martin Baker, uh, and the staff, Ron Stevens, they were ex-silversmiths, jewellers. You had people like old-school jewellers like uh, Greemer, Andrew Greemer, coming in to talk about what they were doing. So we had so much interaction right. with, with the outside, outside world of jewellers. The industry. The industry, yes. Yeah. So we were, we were so lucky. And did these people come in with gold, were they coming like, looking like Mr. Well, T? Because no, they you've only got one very nice little no, no, ring they, on they, here. They were so. all sort of modest. Yeah. There was no, but, you know, you get a stone dealer coming with some stones and then ask the students to design around the stones. 
So we had carte blanche. It, it, we, had, we had such a great grounding. And do they so? So following on from from that question in terms of taste and style and uh, and whatnot, do they teach you? So you know how to make the the jewelry. Yes. You know, they then teach you, you know, what how to how to wear it, where it looks good. Well, it, what kind it, of person when, it looks when good on? And when being at the Centre of St Martins and the Royal College, your show was a bit more experimental. Right. So you'd make it something that probably wasn't wearable. Right. It was just it was an experiment. It was a showpiece. I see. So, so you about... use all the skills to to and and it was always time consuming. Right. But the more you got into it, the maybe the bigger piece came became bigger. But it wasn't. It, you weren't thinking about the outside world where you 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 were going to have to wear this. Right. It was just you and your this creation. Yes. So you you used all the skills that we were taught to produce something that was that was eye catching for the final. Uh, marking for, for for your degree okay and so you get your degree i assume i did it wasn't a you this time well I much to my you know i'm always um cheekily telling my daughter bay that um i got a first class honors degree <laughs> and uh she does use a couple of expletive words <laughs> and so does my wife <laughs> so you did all right <laughs> we're just under uh I see. So you do that, and then, then you're out in the. So I went to, went to Royal College. Yeah, where you it was quite it was quite sort of regimental, quite strict. Right. But you had the opportunity to meet other artists from different fields. There's quite a lot of interaction. So you network. So, so you do, yeah ne- yes networks. So you can network with the fashion industry, the fashion guys, the textile guys. So that that was very beneficial. Was there like a, a, a linchpin person at that time that was the, the sort of the one holding all of those worlds together, the one that you had to know, which would then lead well, you down yeah, these well, different... So the, the Royal College, when you, fin- when you finish your degree, yeah. you had all the fashion designers coming in to pick and cherry pick the best people that, for apprenticeships or come, come on board. So that's how the Royal College worked when they, when you did your final degree show, you had a, the fashion guys had fashion shows. We had a fabulous show and, um, they brought in clients and possible avenues to work with companies. I see. And you were cherry picked. Well, I, I, I got a couple of big clients, right? I got some, the guy who owns Orange Express, he commissioned a piece for his wife. And then I worked for a jeweller called Alan Gard in Hatton Garden. Right. When I won the... Um, God, I'm being so... When I won the Diamond International Award. Lovely. Tell me 1998. more. <laughs> <laughs> what so, does one have to do to win the Diamond well, International Award? It's, it's basically design something that's, that catches the judge's eye. So... And why enter? Or you entered well, as part it, of the it college? Was, it was it, pretty much. It was sort of Oscars of the oh uh, the jewelry world. Yes, I see. So and a, a good stepping stone. So I, I did this design one night. In one our, night, I can't remember. What I just knocked it together one night. Well, obviously, you know, over a glass of wine or two, in the garage, and right. knocked up this desi- uh, design, and it was these platinum sort of organic shapes 
on a leather thong with 900 diamonds set in these different shapes. So now, that, when you enter this this thing, yes. do they give you a budget? And no. imagine nine hundred well, diamonds cost you a lot of money. You, you, it's sponsored by De Beers, so you right. were taken off to these extraordinary venues. We were taken off to Paris, right. but you had to find a sponsor. Okay, so I found a diamond dealer who sponsored the diamonds. I forget his name because <laughs> <clears throat> it was nine hundred diamonds and um, set in platinum. They weren't big diamonds, but it was nice and set in glittery. Platinum. It's, it's set in platinum. That is that. I'm very. I'm, I it's don't. It's such a hard metal to right. set, especially the size of the diamonds. So, so they were about three mil. Okay. Each, so nine hundred of those. So, where is your where is your bandwidth of metal that you work with? We work with platinum, gold, silver. I, I, we work with all. all you you all do you leave copper metals. alone and tin well, no, and I, things I, like that. Again, if if there's a commission that we. That, requires using that metal i'll use it but it, we will change the bench will be cleaned a bit like sanitizing yes. you, don't, you don't mix try not to mix base metals with precious metals but if, if yes we will do anything and what is the what's the climate of precious metals been over the years what's the arc because so i was having a discussion with you know charlie don't you yes charlie. um charlie jones west he was saying that um at one point, metal was obviously very expensive and always always retained its value as a precious metal. And then, then he said that, um, I think it was Charlie I was talking to, and they said then they found a whole lot more of it somewhere. Yeah. And that something was, they kind of hid it or they downplayed it so that metal... Yeah, there's that probably a lot of investors that did that. Um, for for when I, I think when I was at college in, in 19... Certainly at Royal, 1983... Gold prices sort of came down to about four hundred pounds an ounce, and it, it was there for a long time. Then slowly started to rise because the city were, as bonuses, giving their clients gold as an investment. And then we're probably talking fifteen years ago when Soros decided that gold prices, he was going to buy the lion's share. And it was going to go up to sort of $4,000 an ounce. It peaked at about $2,000 an ounce and then came back down to about $1,000 an ounce. And that remained until now. And now it's because of COVID and you know, do you invest? So it's fluctuating between $1,000 and $1,600 an ounce. And I suppose this is something you have to keep a close eye on? Yeah, it, it, it's for me, I don't, I wouldn't, if, it's all private commissions now, so I will buy what I need. I'm not going to... If people would like to invest, I tell them where to go to invest. But for me, I'm not, I won't invest in that sort of commodity because, for me, there's no real point. I mean, when you come to sell, you've got to find a buyer, yeah. uh, and it might have shot up, it might not have done, and then they take their commission... So you're back to square one. So, yeah, it's like any investment, isn't it? You, you, you take it's a, a pump. You have you, yeah. you you have to have the money, and you might the the punters are they have to be in a position to lose that money, right? So take me to Soho. Those hedonistic days, oh, Andy. Days. Oh, I Andy. just had a feeling that Soho had so oh, many stories. Andy, oh stories. <laughs> 
So when I finished the Royal College, I was looking for a studio and uh, there was a whole group of studios down in Hatton Garden. <clears throat> but I thought I wanted to be in the sort of, in the hub of the club land. <laughs> so Soho was the ideal situation. And a student below me, Dinny Hall, who, who did very well in, in fashion jewellery, she had a studio in Beak Street near Golden Square in Soho, Canaletto Studios. So I took, took over half her studio back in, going back in 1988. So yeah, and then uh, twiddled my fingers and said, what, what do I do now? Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm here. I've arrived. I've arrived. No social media. Right. So a phone box. Uh-huh. And I rang up a fashion designer yeah. Bruce, uh, at the time called um, um, Bruce Oldfield. Right. How do you get these numbers? Are they just in the back I, of the I, magazines? I, I, or you? Yes, basically, Vogue magazines. So I rang up Bruce Oldfield and said, you know, I've just finished college. Would you like to see my work? <laughs> <laughs> Did, did he tell you where to go, or was he like, no, no sensible he said, okay, well, come along. And right. he said, right, we're doing that particular year, autumn, winter right. collection was a sort of cowboy theme. So we, obviously sheriff badges and pendants and lots of, to lots of turquoise. It was fantastic. It was 24-7 for about a month. Right. Um, but it, it was great fun, and he, he wonderful man. You know, he gave us all the support paid us, we went to the show. And then I did another collection for a fashion designer called um, Anthony Price. Big belt buttles for his trench coats. That went down very well. Um, and how much are you getting per Well, it wasn't... Belt? What's the, the pay you, like at this you point? You just... You know, Andy, you, you'd, you'd ask someone how, how they worked out the prices. So obviously, you're paid for materials... And then you work out your time, you'd work out, you know, whatever minimum wage at the time, 50 pounds an hour. Right. No, it wasn't like that. It was just, it was just the fun of doing it. You're just enjoying being <clears throat> yeah, in, long the, in the have, heart. As long as I could pay the rent for the right. studio. So you were, yeah, so you were at this point. It was, a, it was a learning curve. It wasn't, it, wasn't about, it wasn't about earning a wage. It was yeah. sort of how, how we Living all the life and... As a as a youngster, you don't, that doesn't come in there. Maybe right. you should be working in the city if you've got that brain. So it's basically paying the rent, obviously living, yeah, and and getting the experience working with these guys. That 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 was the whole idea. And then finished that, and I thought, hmm, I think I'd probably go back to what I did at Central and Royal College was more traditional. Um, precious jewellery. <clears throat> so I did a, had a collection of stones and I made a, a collection of, of, of silver rings and took them to a gallery in, in um, Harvey Nichols in London run by a wonderful lady, Leslie Shift. And it was called the Talisman Gallery and she had all these wonderful artist jewellers from around the world. Um... So she took on my collection and it went well. This was 35 years ago. And um, built up this reputation. 
In the meantime, I was doing projects with De Beers, with a wonderful lady, Susan Farmer, who was always giving students the encouragement. We were taken out to various splendid uh, restaurants and stuff and set projects. And when I won the the, the, the um, Dharma International Award, there was this huge sponsor you do in Paris. Right. <clears throat> so, yes, they were great uh, um, helpers, sort of mentors, yeah. basically. And does that exist now? It's so difficult now. And, right. and, and, and with this mentoring, when you did a collection, <clears throat> you could go and see an, an editor of Vogue, uh, or uh, they would send a, an assistant to come around, pick up pieces. You got a lot of editorial. Right. But now it's all editorial. It's the, if you look at a magazine, it's just the big names, Prada. And it's the money they spend. Um, it, so it, it's, it's, if you do make a collection, mm. it obviously the situation at the moment, banks really aren't interested in stock. They're not. So it's really down to private commissions. Right. And again, through social media, media has been has been fantastic. What What are your commissions numbers like these days? How many How many projects do you we've, are you we've, averaging uh, a month? We've got ten a month at the moment, and some very interesting projects. Um, I was asked to design a memory stick in eighteen karat gold for. <laughs> Rockstar Games. Oh, is this recently? Yes, but I wasn't allowed to put it on Instagram. Right, it's embargoed. Yes. You've put it on the podcast. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not, it's not a photograph. No, no, it's no. It's just... just uh, yeah. And how many of those are you making? I made one. Uh, just the one? Just the one at the moment. It's like a prototype for, for, the, for the guys. One of the guys who owns it. Right. For, for where around is like a pendant. I see. So you... For, for someone who's got everything, Andy, this right. this, this was the idea from his P, PR PA at the time to ask me to. Well, I know Rockstar have a great history of good PR stunts and special edition bits and bobs. Yeah, how big was the the capacity on that memory stick? What was the storage? The store I bought two from Amazon. I didn't. <laughs> I, I, I only ordered, ordered one. Right, it's five hundred and twelve gigabytes. Gigabytes. Can you fit the the next Grand Theft Auto game on five hundred twelve gigabytes? Do you think? Well, and then, but I I made it the the it was just the casing. So with the stick, mm. I filed off the plastic bits to fit into the the gold casing. Right. And I didn't quite file off enough. Put it into the casing, and it wouldn't quite. It was a bit wobbly. It wasn't quite straight. Right. So I pulled it out and. Pulled out the whole lot and just oh. fell to pieces. But I had a backup, which was 258. Right. Could you do something with that? Yeah. Yeah, you'd do a bit with that. I'm just wondering what he'd put on it. If he's going to wear it around his neck. Yes, what would he it's put It's probably on? fairly precious, I'd imagine. Some sort of... Yeah. So some stuff you don't want to leave your person. But I, that, that's what I was thinking. Yes. So I thought 512, that might be a bit too much. Overkill. <laughs> Maybe not for Rockstar <laughs> Games, but... So I thought 258 was pretty good. Okay. So that's one of your more interesting, unique yeah, that spoke was, pieces recently. What yeah. else have we got? We've done some very interesting body part pieces. Have we? Yes, we have. Like Prince Albert's. 
pretty yeah, we've done some of those. <laughs> um some. One guy was the one, guy has interchangeable one guy wanted a photograph of him holding his um appendage. And I had to design his hand holding his the ring on his fella. Right. <laughs> I'm not really following like right. So, 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 it, but, but, so it was his hand over the ring. Over the ring? Yeah, over his uh, fella. What are we what are we designing here? Sorry. A well, ring. A ring with with Yes. Right. So he wanted like a, a finger ring. ring. He want, he wanted he wanted the, the ring with his hand holding the ring. On the ring on his hand. So yeah, so the hand <laughs> was holding the ring so he could slip it on his old fella. Oh, so it oh, wasn't, it a was, I wasn't using his fella as a part, you know, oh. what, what he, I didn't, he showed me a photograph. So of I that see. Was a, that was enough to know. Right. So, and so <laughs> did, you ha- did, <laughs> did you have to discuss girth and. Uh... Well, it, 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 of course, you had to get the measurements. <laughs> so I got my vernier gauge out and we. Right. we... <laughs> <laughs> so the ring slides on his. Uh... Yes, and uh, he wanted all and the veins. And there's a hand he on the... all the veins enameled, so I enameled all the veins oh, in my God. various colours. Was this a particularly impressive um, piece? Well, it was, I must say, but... He, um, he, was, he was sufficiently proud of it. He was very proud of it. Right. But I thought, yeah. Is that where you tap out? Or you just no, like, now we're all no, adults no, no. If, he, if he wanted another one, or always mates wanted another one, I would have done... How much do you charge him for that? Do you, do, do you, do usually, you, know do you usually say t- these things? or don't, You don't have to tell me these you, things. You sort of... You work out a price. You work out a way of dealing with prices. So you buy the materials... You, you work out what the retail price would have been. So with Harvey Nichols, they, at the, in the day, would times it by five, your wholesale price. So I was sort of in between that. Right. So you know, made a bit of profit. And I'm guessing someone who comes to you for this sort of thing, they, they know you, they're a friend of yours? Well, they, it's quite an intimate they were a friend project. of a friend. Right, okay. <laughs> and as you get to know the industry and get to know people, it, 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 it floats very, very quickly you know, who to go and see to do this. And we've, we've made trophies for the Queen. Hang on, stop. Trophies for the Queen. Yeah, we, we did a, a couple of silver trophies for the King George VI diamond stakes in the days of old. Right. At Ascot. What does that mean? That means, well, I don't know what that means. Well, De Beers would, would uh, Susan Farmer would, Pick a designer yeah. to design the trophy each year. Okay. A different designer. Horse racing trophy. Yeah, horse racing trophy. So we did uh, designed a couple of silver candelabra. With, what is a candelabra? So uh, like a, a bit like it's like a, a candle holder. Okay, right. But an ornate candle holder. Right. So we did two candle holders with 18 karat gold horses running around the top and then diamonds... All the way up. Um, Sounds like great fun. It, it was great fun, and the the day was great fun as well. I don't think I saw any race horsing. <laughs> um, the hospitality was wonderful. Yes, Andy, I bet. <laughs> um, Not being a racing fan, yeah. I'm, but the good I, lady put a put a bet on them. But it's always best for them to do it because they they just go for the pretty colours. 
<laughs> and if they come in, they come in. So yes, I, I have no experience with horse racing at all. No, I mean, it, I don't know where I, how I feel about it ethically. No, exactly. Now I again, don't know what no, how I feel about it. No, I'm a meat eater, but I don't know. You know, I don't know. It, it's so sad with the Grand National, and you know, as you said, it's a difficult one. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not educated enough on it. If, if I, I totally agree, Andy. I, I'm not either. It's, it's always the Grand National that you have a little fling on, right? But you don't want to see such, you know, the, the the sadness that happens. Yeah. Anyway, you're right. Yeah, I, I, I quite. I've got a bit of an addictive personality as well. Like if I do something and I like it, I do it again and again and again. Yeah, well, uh, and I just don't want to get down that rabbit. No, hole. I don't. No, I mean I love watching rugby, although I've had the injuries. Yeah. Um, Six Nations is right up there. It's just wonderful. Football, you know, it's. I don't get it. Yeah, you you have your team, Andy. Yeah, and uh, my team is probably not going to win anything ever. <laughs> Crystal Palace, right? But I played for Palace Juniors in my youth, so I had a, a fondness and an, an affiliation with right. the team. I see, and still do, and uh, weep. Most Sundays, <laughs> Saturdays. <laughs> so you've gone from doing things for the Queen, doing things for the yeah, well, Queen. It wasn't directly for the Queen, but it, she presented On her it. behalf, yeah, I guess. To, to her then various, various companies designing over the years. Like I said, done shows all around the, around the world. Where's the most obscure place you found yourself doing jewellery shows? That's a really good question. Macau. Okay. In, uh, off Hong Kong. Oh. Then I worked, we were, yeah, I did a show, our friends lived there. So she, um, before she had children, she was sort of 24-7 Tom McEwen. So she got a, a lot of uh, um, people interested. And this was going back just after 9-11. Right. Which was uh, the anniversary of, at the date of this uh, of recording, course, was just, yesterday. Yes, extraordinary. Where were you on 9-11? Well, I, I, was, I was working on some pieces when I heard it. And uh, I knew, I, I made a piece of jewellery for Kirsty Young, who was uh, reporting it out. No, she was over here, and Nick Jones, her partner, who was sourcing another club, the Soho House Group, I made his wedding ring. He was out there, sort of, and they were having this, interview conversation on the air on the air yes so kirsty young did you say kirsty young she, oh, she, she's quite she, a famous yes. newscaster yes from, so she, she asked me to make her engagement ring and then um, she married nick jones i made and nick jones is the guy the, the, the owner the, who started the so house group which is um babington house babington house so i very cheekily said you know can i make your rings and um or kirsty wanted me to make the ring because she's Scottish and I'd never met her before, but I had a Scottish surname. So right. She thought, I'm the one. I've never been to Babington House. It's very close by, isn't it? It's near to us. Yeah, it, it's a wonderful place. I've heard. I've had some invites, I've never, but I've well, never yeah, taken them it, up. It, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a real treat, Andy. That's how you should take, you know, treat it. Right. As a, as a treat. Not as a, an, like some people think, oh, Whatever, it's another place we can go to because right. the old dollar. 
Yeah. But no, Nick Jones, was, that was a good introduction. And then, like I said, Soho, Groucho Club, lots of, you know, Ewan McGregor, Kate Moss. So So how does the, so yeah, so Ewan McGregor, Kate Moss is definitely, um, were you in that in that kind of world at the time? Well, at, at the time, when I started in, in, in Soho and Beak Street, down below there's a club called 41 Beak Street. I was 43 Beak Street. And there's the hedonistic club downstairs. And you'd walk down the stairwell and there was a, there was a glass uh, sliding door. Right. And the glass sliding door would slide and a hand would come and drag you in. <laughs> and that was it for the night. Right. But you met, there was a, a group of actors that set up a club, uh, set up a, a, a filming company called Natural Nylon. So it was Ewan McGregor, Johnny Lee Miller, Jude Law, Sadie Frost, and Sean Pertwee. Right. And they had this splendid office in Soho. But it was very hedonistic, and I think they only made one film. <laughs> I imagine they had many ideas. Many ideas many, many over ideas. many nights. Um, um, nights of debauchery. <laughs> yeah. I like Jude Law. He's great. He's good, actually. Jude Law's great. And, um, is he nice in real life? Is he good? Yeah, good he's, uh, but the, John Lee Miller's one of the nicest guys. And he, made, he, was, he was married to Angelina Jolie, so I made I her a piece right. at the time. And then, is this pre-Brad Pitt? Yes. Right. So uh, and then John Lee Miller was a great guy, really down to earth. Sean Perry, down to earth. I did, I'm, I'm hearing these names, but I'm not putting faces. No, to them. but you, you. What were? Uh, what was Pertwee? Pert Pertwee, he, he he does lots of voiceovers, and he did some cheesy. Well, I hope he's not listening. <laughs> but um, what was it? Uh, Blue the, the surfing film. Do you remember? Blue o not Blue Ocean, but. Somewhere down in Cornwall, Blue Ocean, Blue... Uh, and then he did sort of... He's done Gotham City. Oh. Which is... He's done really well with that. The TV show Gotham, yes. right? Yeah. It's a, a good drama. Yeah, a lot. I, I really love Batman. I've got a bit of a Batman. Yeah, well, he's done um, really well pre-Batman. Right. As, as Harold. I, I don't, to be honest, I never watched any of it, but it's got so many great reviews and stuff. Yeah, I so that really into it. <clears throat> pushed him up. And, and like I said, he's been doing voiceovers because he's got that great voice, Master Chef, you know, this kind of things. He's got that husky, you know, good. <sighs> <laughs> do, you, do you ever, um, did you ever find yourself at a point in life? when you just wanted a little bit of normality. You well, just wanted to normal people. This is what we're getting here. Right. There was a bravado in Soho when you you went to all these show, uh, private views and, but you, are, you, you were making a precious item. So you were dealing with people with the dollar. Yes. Um, and whether they were friendly or not, you, you sort of adapted. Right. So Who's what? unfriendly? Who's the person you were like? You know what? I might just, I might just tell you to go and do, you know. Fuck um, that's a great question, Andy. Who, who, <laughs> who got my goat? Who got your goat? Because because you, you're you're a laid back guy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone, I don't, I, I don't think anyone did at shows and stuff. Right. I think someone said to me, you know, keep up the good work, and sort of left. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I will keep up the good work. Yes. 
you know, basically, I, I don't really like your style, but keep up the good work. Oh, <laughs> it's the butt, isn't it? But you sort of you take take it on the take it on the chin, chin, and, and at, the, at the time, I had a good relationship with the um, jewelry editor at um, Vogue, Carol Wharton, and she helped a lot, and she did various. Um, editorials uh, and there was myself a guy called Stephen Webster who's done very well and a guy called Theo Fennell so I was sort of thinking I was in that sort of group but the funding you had to find massive funding for, for these these kind of ventures and you had to really put yourself out there and there was various shows as Basel big huge jewellery show in, in Switzerland but costs huge amounts of money to have a stand there. But that got you your global clientele. Right. And I didn't really go down that route because I couldn't find... I didn't really have 40 grand in my back pocket. I only had 39,000. <laughs> and I said, would you, do, would you do a discount? Would you do a... So the, 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 you, you, if... You went down that route, and I didn't quite go down that route. So, and is there is there in your world is there a selling out? Is there a thing where you see a guy and he's gone? There's is there like a, there's a commercial side to things where it sort of loses its artistic integrity? Well, I or? this is what you know with CADCAM and 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 various <coughs> um, mechanical various computers and whatever. Like uh, as I mentioned, CADCAM can produce a 3D wax that's perfect. And then you have, you just on a, on a not, not, not a fax machine, but flies out, had that cast and the casting um, machinery is now so crisp and so clear. So a lot of outlets are doing CAD cam pieces so you can bang them out. But then there is a discerning person that would want, wants a bespoke handmade piece of jewelry. And this is where the, the Talisman Gallery, who've been doing it for Leslie, must be must be nearly fifty years. But you know the footfall still there, but that the powers that be at Harvey Nichols wanted a turnover, so you know, the, she wasn't getting the footfall for the finer bits, and so tough times. Right. Have you ever had, had any sort of fair weather friends in those? sorts of circles you find people that just sort of you know they, they're with you for a bit while it's all good and it's all glamorous and all the names are coming well, in and then you know that you hit a bit of a snag and you need to reapproach. Well, and you turn around and they're gone well you, you, you talk to various people in the day when you might need a bit of investment and you talk to the banks I actually I don't know how I um, wangled it but I actually was a member of Coots Bank for a while. What is that? It's the Queen's Bank. Oh. <laughs> in the, the Strand. And you, you guys would meet you in their, in their tails. And, and, you know, this huge atrium of beautiful, indigenous... Um, indigenous species trees. Trees from outer Mongolia. <laughs> and then taken to a plush room and, um, you know... Interrogate you. No, no. What, what would you like, Tom? How much would you like? Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't quite 
follow their criteria. Right. <laughs> I see. Were well, you seen as a bit of a wild card to that? Well, I, I, I used it to full effect. Right. Um, obviously, whining and dining at the Groucho <laughs> Club. Uh, various clients. Right. So it was those... Uh, in the Groucho Club was a fabulous place to meet. Tell me about the Groucho Club. Is this something to do with Groucho? Is it Groucho Marx? Yes, it was, it was all part the... of that sort of, that sort of, I don't know. I don't really know his history, but it's Neither obviously a history of thespians and artists and that cool Bohemia. film. Bohemian, yes. Libertines. Yeah. Right. And there's several other clubs in, in show of the same ilk. But the Groucho, yes, it, it, it still remains the same. It's still... But, of course, with this, what's happening, it, it, during lockdown, they're trying to get the clients back. Like the film industry, huge hit, theatres, you know. Theatre, I don't know what's going on with you know, theatres right so now. We, we, we don't, they, they just don't. They're trying to get these guys back. And um, how are they going to do it? As you well know, Andy, music... Yeah, so the Groucho is music, thespians, film, literary people. Yeah, and the old jeweller. Yeah, geezer. The old jeweller geezer. Yeah, yeah, the old geezer with the tweezer. Yeah, used to come in. <laughs> so, it, it, yeah, it's over a period of a year. Things have just gone, you know, extraordinary times. But because I didn't go the big branding way, right. I can now, that's where it comes down to doing what I'd like to, what I want to do. I couldn't cope with all the venues you have to go and all the parties you have to go to. Right. Sort of. So you have to sort of play the game. You do have to play the game. Yeah. Is it prostitution? Is that the word they use? Or uh, um, I kind of, yeah, I know what you're saying. You, yeah. But you play the game. And, that, and we moved out of London. So that was our choice. If if I was still in London, I would still play play the game. Right, going to various socialite. Yeah, pretty it's, much every it's, night. But it's almost in, um, it's disingenuous in a, in a way, isn't it? Because well, you're going it, somewhere it, with an agenda. But then you you go to see a show, and actually you, you weren't looking at the items. You were just chatting with with people you should be chatting seen. with, and being seen. Yeah, you'll you'll have a top photographer like um, Richard Young, right, taking photographs of you. Great, you, great. Guy, fantastic photographer, um, and that's what you were there to be seen. And then it would be in the in the magazines, in the yeah, you know, at the back or yeah. <laughs> at the back. Yeah. Tell me about uh, Vogue. You were on? The, were you on the front of Vogue? Did I see this on your I Instagram? Think the jewelry was on the front of Vogue at one point. I saw a picture it, again, of you. It was a sort of. Uh, uh, it was a. It's like the hallmark on your jewelry. It was a sort of. Yeah, hallmark of your of your work. It was just, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Andy? It, should we start? It's again? the um, it's the, I know what you mean. It's it's that stamp it, it, of approval, it, it, isn't it? Because it? it if you're it was, it, it, it was, yeah, it was a stamp of approval. It. it was like a stamp of it was it was your you've arrived. You've arrived. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I know what you're saying. So not the hallmark. It was if you were seen and your people were buying your jewelry, and um, you were seen at these various dues. It was a stamp of approval, and being in Harvey Nichols was a stamp of approval. Right, just box ticking, isn't it? It, it, it basically yes. Yeah. 
wait for that to pass. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, no, totally, yeah. So so you come to... So it's like, a, yeah, a pedestal. You, right. You, you're, and does that it, get tiring? It, 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 it was a sort of, uh, again, it was a, like I said, an approval. It was... Validation. Yeah. In some ways, from yes. your peers. Bit of a flex, maybe. Well, someone that didn't, didn't really, you know, was on the peripheries, didn't really... That was a stamp of approval. If you were, you know, you, you sort of made it. Right. I know what you're saying. Uh, so, so what? The word uh, yeah. will come to me, Annie, and I will bust and it. And you'll just, rah, there it is. So um, what uh, What brought you here? So you go, oh, I'm just kind of fed up playing this game. It's tiring. No, I wasn't and... fed up at all, but we, we were in a, in a situation we had children and right. to where we wanted to be. Uh, Soho was sort of, closing down basically in the jewellery industry right because all the great big houses all the jewellers were down Beak Street Chanel Bagari Gerrards all the uh, skilled workers were down there and because of CAD CAM and all these other various instruments came into the game these these guys were they were older guys and they weren't they weren't taking apprenticeships on so they were sort of pushed aside and, uh, yeah, all mass-produced in places like China and... Sort of lost its soul. It lost it? its soul, yes. Right. But it, sort of mid-90s. mid, mid 90s Right. When you could make a, a faster buck, not having someone make the piece, you could send it out and they'd produce it. Did you, uh, did you feel like you'd sort of... The, the you know the brand of let's say the brand of Tom McGowan did you feel like you'd built up enough of a reputation at that point that you could you could kind of break away from from the the scene let's say well, I don't slightly I, because in. because we moved down here Andy we my grandfather was the chief education officer for Somerset so we knew the state schools would be good which they are fantastic so the kids had a great upbringing and I just thought. I didn't know anything about Froome, but I had a feeling about Froome. And um, now the infrastructure and what's going on in Froome, it's, it's fabulous for the youngsters and, and for us. It's great. Seeing Catherine Hill, the tide coming in, maybe went out for a bit, but now it's back in again. Yeah. Hopefully they will survive over this terrible situation. So you're one of the first... At what we would call sort of blow-ins, aren't you? Really, you're one of the well, original. I'm still called, I'm, Andy, I'm still called a blow-in, isn't it? Twenty-two years. You have there is a yeah. I was told this. Um, I'm born and bred, so I've never really. I think given I think any it's twenty-two years. But if you go into mothers, can you can't really swear online? No, if, you can swear. Swear you like. You go into mothers and say "fuck off, Tom, back to London." You come down here, take all our homes. <laughs> But it's great banter. It's great banter. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Like we've seen it evolve, and I think it's been great being part of that. Yeah. And I, I always want to get involved in, in I'm involved with the Black Swans and stuff. So, and like I said, I got a couple of, I won't call them students because they're, they're jewels in their own right. Yeah. Um, and it's great to pass on that, that tradition that I was taught, which I felt, like I said, you can pick up a, a book now with every two, two, 20,000 items of 
beads, wire, gorges of different metals, and you can just set up to now. Put a yeah. peg, peg peg on the table, and off you go. <laughs> Andy Whittemore's jewelry collection. Yeah, jewelry talk, collaboration. Talking talk of the Andy Whittemore jewelry collection, um, where's my uh, deputy mayor's chain? Well, <laughs> it's coming along. <laughs> Well, you will be mayor anyway. I'll be mayor by the time you've made it. Well, good. <laughs> I like to, do, I like to, you know, I like to cut it really short. Yeah, I like, I like at least at least an hour before an I hour present before. Yes. a piece, <laughs> which normally is the case. So to to bring the listener in into this, so it, it's, loop. It's, it's you know it's all up here, Andy. You know, yeah. Oh, it's, it's coming, is it? Tom, you haven't got a diary. Don't worry about that. It's all <laughs> it's all up here. Just to bring the listener in, I, I'm the deputy mayor of Froome, and my deputy mayor's pendant has a very tired. Um, it's not. It's smelly. It's a very tired, smelly well, well, you, ribbon you, on you, it. I've seen a photograph, and I, Andy, when you become mayor, you are going to have the biggest chain. <laughs> I tell you, I can't wait. I'm just, I'm just buzzing for you know Tom McEwen. Yeah, you're going to, you're going to chain so three bottles when, of the finest uh, white so, wine. You said to me, I'm ready. Oh. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm very happy with this. <laughs> Red stripe. So uh, that's next year. Yes, next uh, March, May. Oh, March, plenty May of time, time, Andy. Plenty of time. <laughs> and before we become your 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 um um what's the word your subjects your, your marched in or or passed over or um sworn yeah, or, in. Well, you should be, um, as I am, a freeman of the city of London. You should be the freeman of the city of Froome. <laughs> what is a freeman? I've heard this well, it's, recently. It's, this... it's 10 years in your industry. Uh... You're, you're asked to go along to a, a grand opening, grand opening at the Goldsmiths Hall. Right. And pledge your allegiance to the Queen. And they have these various old school um, procedures. Clapping of the, of the of the loving and passing of the loving cup, and so you you had to clap, a bit like some of the MPs do. <laughs> so there was no dagger right. to be seen, so you couldn't stab. Oh, and then because I'm uh, Freeman of the City, I'm I'm allowed to take my sheep across London Bridge, and have a a. Tinkle on the side of the road in the city of London. No. Yes. And is this some course, old, old, old laws? An it? old law, but obviously I'd have to prove it with my certificate. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm hung or hanged by silk thread. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. It's been, it's been great fun. Great fun. So how do and, you... And you always, you're always meeting new people, new projects, and you'll get a phone call out of the blue to do this and that, like the, the Rockstar Games. and You never know what's coming next. You just never know. It's just, it's, what it is, is you're being, a, being doing what you're doing and are passionate about what you're doing over a certain, amount of, uh, out, a certain amount of time. Right. How do you approach a piece? How do you approach a, a piece? Basically, if it's coming the, from your own so mind. It, it, your with own, a client, yeah. we, we do a design. Yeah. Um, there's various clients you think, oh, no, I think best go somewhere else. And yeah. I can do that straight away. As Jane, my wife, told me, don't do that. She's the 
what is she? She's the, um, uh, she is the, the final production expert. Right. Come. She's quality control. She is quality control. That is right. the case. So yeah. So the, pretty much what the design, uh, the client wants. Do a little sketch. They keep that, and then go from there. And okay. I do. It, it's it, it. That's how it works. Yes. You have a. And then, then no, the, the the you know how much is it going to cost? And I said, I always ask the client, well, what budget do you have? And they said, well, what do you mean, what budget? And I said, you must have a budget. Right. It's not a swear word. I'm not. It's not embarrassing. And they finally come round to saying, this is what we got. So we work along that. Okay. You ever have any pieces and you go, I'm not doing that? Well, I've had I'm a piece. not doing it. I had a, a, a quite a difficult piece that I made for a client and, and it was like the end of the world because she didn't like it. Oh. It's like, crikey. <laughs> um, you know. And what do you do then? You're well, stuck, uh, we're stuck with all this this valuable uh, well, materials. You know, I thought it was a fabulous piece, right? Um, and she had a friend at the time who who sort of, sort of butted in, right? And it was nothing to do with her <coughs> telling me what to do. You know, having been in the trade for thirty five years, sort of well, thirty two at the time. Um, so I said, well, I'll, I'll, I'll we can start again. Yeah, um, and. She said, "No, this is just not what I want. This just, just this this isn't like your design." I said, "Well, I, it is a poetic license to have the d- design. It won't. It's never going to be exactly like that. It's 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 going to be in the spirit of the design." Right. Anyway, it, 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 very few people like that. Andy, thank goodness, she didn't like it. So I gave her the materials back and refunded her, and then got this. Email saying I've got nothing. Well, you could have had something, yeah. Whether you liked it or not, and I was, was still refunded you, but you were quite insistent that you wanted all the materials back as they were. So, so there you are, like it or lump it, pretty much, Andy. But it, again, you learn learn another lesson. Yeah, <sighs> it's, it's usually people that come in and go, just, just go, yeah, I want it, I want it, I want it. Yes, this is this is this is it. Right. Too enthusiastic, and then suddenly it all goes pear shaped pretty quickly. Right. And you've you've learned to sort of see see yeah, those you can see that you can see that straight away. Right. Well, just talk to Jane. I'll give her a quick. It's like fifty fifty on who wants to be a millionaire. I'm just going to ring up Jane to see what do you think. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next? I do. Well, what's next? I've got a lot of lovely commissions with lovely people. It's, um, lots of anniversaries and. Wedding anniversaries and things of that ilk, and uh, the, the, the Instagram's fantastic uh, platform. I love your Instagram. It's just and so I put on all the work that I do, and if you put an interesting piece on Instagram, people love it. Yeah. If you keep on posting your pictures of your cat's tail, then you know it gets a bit. But yeah, it's, it's it's a great platform. What's the piece you're most proud of? It's the one that you're like, that's my magnum opus. Let's say it's a really great question, Andy. Great question. Obviously, my wife's engagement ring was the oh yes, yes, of course, the proudest moment, and uh, hopefully my daughter's 
engagement ring will be just as beautiful. But I made a necklace for the UNICEF ball back in 19... 2003, sponsored by a company in Antwerp. A huge necklace with diamonds and coloured tourmaline stones, beautiful stones. And that was, that was really exciting. And um, this Irish guy, it was Sting and... Um, what's her partner? What's his partner called? Um, they were Sting. comparing Sting. Oh, from the police, Sting? Yes. Uh... Uh, Trudy Styler. Trudy, yes. Uh, she, I don't know. I'm not anyway, sure. she came in with it was UNICEF ball, and I met the guys who were putting on the putting on the event. Um, so yeah, made this piece and um, this Irish um, motorway uh, builder bought it, McGee. Have you heard of McGee? Quite M- McGee. McGee, huge contractors oh yes yeah right. and he, he was irish and he was com- absolutely wasted right and so he put his hand up <laughs> how much did you pay One hundred twenty-five thousand. do you think he had it he must have well he he bought it and then i got a, a phone call from his um pr called mr mr cod <laughs> <laughs> right and i said that um it's still in a safe. His wife, he can't bring up the courage to... to tell his wife. Tell his wife. And but the company I was working for, they wanted the cost of materials. Right. So um, it's quite interesting that um, they were based in Antwerp. So there was 125,000 of which 85,000 went to UNICEF. So they wanted 55,000 to cover their costs. And they were being a bit cagey, UNICEF, the owners, the, the, the guys who were running the show. Um, um, were, weren't playing the game. Anyway, they, we had a couple of South African heavies that um, certainly sorted out the, the job. Because <laughs> it, it was during the, I mean, it was a whole, the whole night was, it was a fantastically comical night. Right. Um, it was, the, the chef was Gordon Ramsay's. <laughs> Just throw that one out there, yeah. You know, and he was the number one chef at the time. Or, you know. Still is in my book. I've never eaten his food, though, so it's a strange anyway, thing he, to say. Anyway, there wasn't any kitchen at this place. It was down in the Strand, some huge venue. <coughs> and there was, we could invite various people on our table, basically the people, I was, the company I was working for. But we had Ivan Massal. Do you know, do you know Ivan Massal? Uh, I'm not sure. He was living in Froome um, when we moved. Right. He, down at Whittix Lane, he had the, um, um, not Mom, not Monmouth House, the big, the big manor house down the bottom of Whittix Lane. Right. Anyway, he we invited him along, and he was just incredible. Really, fantastic. We we weren't really interested in the food, but he was hungry. Right. And it was sea bass, which was the 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 fish of the time. You know, everything trendy fish was sea bass. Right. Anyway, uh, uh, Ivan was, you know, he's quite a quiet character. He uh, made a lot of money with a pink pound and he courted, he was a muse of Margaret Thatcher and he was wanted to be mayor of London and he was on Question Time several times about um, not horse racing but uh, fox hunting. 
uh, anyway, he 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 slowly walked out the venue and brought in a, ta- a Chinese, an Indian takeaway. <laughs> God, it was fantastic. It was Johnny Vaughan on the other table. He said, can we have some of your Indian takeaway? Because this is shit. <laughs> and then the, the owners went berserk. He's cracked, swarm like a SWAT team onto the table. <laughs> you know, get out, you know, how dare you? And then I had the owners, because it went, it went on all, all the papers picked up on it. Page three of the Telegraph. This Indian guy was just like gleaming because he'd made the third page of the Telegraph and all these stars were there. And I had mass, I had brought this Indian. Oh, and we had uh, um, um, uh, the chef uh, saying, oh, what was his name again? Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay saying, I'm never going to work with you again. Then I had the, the the owners saying, how dare you bring Ivan Massal to this? Don't you ever do this again? I said, hang on a minute. You've taken £85,000 for UNICEF. It's not your gig. It's right. supposed to be for UNICEF. Anyway, all the, the, all, the, all the papers were bombarded. All the, all the radio stations were bombarding Ivan to come on to the, to the radio <laughs> to, to explain... What had, what had happened, and I just said and, uh, to Ivan and uh, Ivan after three days, I said, Ivan, is it possible that you could just cut all your ties with these guys because <laughs> I'm getting so much grief? <laughs> I thought it's fantastic. Right, I still got the the the, the page three, the whole page of oh, it's just Massive thanks to Tom McGuin for coming on the show this week. If you want to check out his Instagram and his websites and his socials, etc., we will leave those in the episode description show notes. Please do not forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Follow me on Instagram at, at Andy underscore S1S. This podcast was produced by Harry Williams. Please join us next week for another episode of The Giant Pod. <laughs>